WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, just another beautiful day on the way. High 75 tonight, overnight. The clouds roll in, though, and could see some rain. And then Friday, showers on and off throughout the day. The high 71. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 59 and clear in Hampton Bays out on Long Island, 52 and clear in Egg Harbor City down in New Jersey, and it is 60 to a little bit of fog here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hours, Sid and friends in the morning. The busloads of migrants continue to arrive here in the city as Mayor Adams is traveling through South and Central America in hopes of stemming the flow. A deputy mayor, Ann Williams-Isom, says the number of migrants into the city has started to level out just a bit. We were going through a phase where it was like 2,000 a week. Apparently, the number not as high anymore. But if we continue to get more and more through the front door, we can't even really see our exit strategies bear fruit because we're getting sort of the amount of people that are coming through the front door. So that comes as the city received about $38 million in state funding that'll go towards opening satellite centers to help people apply for asylum for the migrants who've made it here. Meantime, the Madam Adams administration continuing its pursuit for a judge to temporarily suspend New York City's right to shelter law for single adults. I don't I can't speak to a legal end game. What I can speak to very forcefully is the desire to get immediate relief to meet what is just common sense and that will put New York City on equal footing with the rest of the state. More from the Deputy Mayor Ann Williams-Isom. And what we're finding is if we can get people their IDs, if we can get people reticketed, they actually would rather move on than live in a congregate setting. Many of the families, again, it's not a panacea to raise your child in a hotel room. Yes, yeah, so the mayor traveling Mexico, Ecuador, uh, trying to convince uh, authorities there to stem the flow of migrants uh, crossing the border, uh, also trying to convince people people down there that New York is the wrong place to go. They they had been or they said they were handing out flyers that were in Spanish and English that were telling migrants that uh, it wasn't so great in New York City, that it's too expensive to live here. We could not get any confirmation from City Hall and we tried to who was handing out these flyers if they had paid somebody to go down to the border to do so. Uh, they said they had not. Uh, they initially asked the National Guard to hand out these flyers to migrants at the border, but the National Guard said, no way, that's not our job. So we don't even know if these flyers are being handed out, though they claim they were. So we'll follow that story as the mayor is on this trip. Uh, we'll, of course, check in to see what he has to say during this trip and as well when he comes back. It's a three-day fi- uh, fact-finding trip, as he called it. He says he's picking up the tab himself, and it began yesterday. 504, uh, out to Philadelphia, three police officers shot there yesterday. Uh, a man is dead after he allegedly shot those officers who were responding to a domestic situation in Philly. Authorities say an argument broke out between a child, his uncle and his father who fired shots both in the home and when cops arrived on the scene yesterday. The subject uh, goes to the front of the property and is essentially awaiting the arrival of our police officers. 
when officers arrive, um, he begins to immediately fire upon our officers. Then the officers returned fire, killing that man. All three deputies hospitalized, we're told, in stable condition. The good news is they're all expected to recover. The uh, top Republican in the Senate has some advice for the next Speaker of the House. Kentucky Republican Mitch McConnell telling reporters yesterday that the next Speaker should do away with that motion to vacate the procedure that led to the removal of Kevin McCarthy from his role. To do that job for anyone, you have to get rid of the motion to vacate because it puts whoever the Speaker is in uh, a hammerlock of dysfunction. McConnell says the rule makes the job impossible for anyone. Uh, current House rules allow a single member to force a vote on whether to oust the Speaker, and that's what took place earlier this week. I hope whoever the next Speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the Speaker's job impossible. And McConnell, of course, uh, yesterday he's friendly with Kevin McCarthy, uh, praising him for the work he did as House Speaker. Congressman McCarthy didn't shy away from worthwhile fights. In fact, he usually dove in head first. Now, all right, 505, out to San Francisco, the funeral today for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein. Uh, she's been honored in California over the last couple of days. Uh, she passed away at 90 last Thursday. Feinstein's body lying in state at San Francisco City Hall, where members of the public were able to pay their respects. She was the first female mayor of San Francisco. House Speaker, or the former House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, choking up when she spoke about her colleague and friend. Gathered in great sadness, though, with the loss of our Senator Dianne Feinstein. She was the longest serving female senator in American history. First female mayor of San Francisco. A public memorial service uh, set for later today in San Francisco. My condolences to her family. And I just said that like she's an inspiration for women. And she's an asset for our government and for San Francisco. That would be greatly missed. Yeah, long lines to pay their respects yesterday. Mourners paying tribute. Uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed says the city will host this open air funeral later today. There will be a fitting celebration of her life. We anticipate the Vice President Kamala Harris, our current California senators, and other guests that will be joining us. Yeah, they expect it will be a large crowd. A lot of the mourners who took part in walking past her casket say they'll be there today. We gather this week in San Francisco Fleet Week. We do so for the first time with the mournful recognition that one of its founders... U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein is no longer with us. Yeah, so that funeral set for 1 o'clock today. WABC News Time 509. Let's go down to D.C. We've heard about President Biden's dog, Commander the German Shepherd, has bitten a whole bunch of Secret Service agents over the last year. Nine? Is that the number we have now? He's bitten nine people? Could it really be that high? Well, anyway, either way, he's no longer living at the White House. The two-year-old German Shepherd has that history of biting Secret Service agents and those working at the president's home. So uh, on Wednesday, it was reported that the dog is no longer living at the White House as the president and first lady decide where the best place for him is. They've decided uh, after nine. Well, here, there's two different reports. CNN says it's 11 bites. We have nine bites. But either way, that's a lot. So commander no longer at the White House. And while we're down there, President Biden urging the House to quickly elect a new speaker following the removal of Kevin McCarthy this week. I know it's going to take some time. I want to remind everyone, 
We have a lot of work to do, and the American people expect us to get it done. Yeah, Biden worried about another government shutdown in the next 40 days. We cannot and should not uh, again be faced with an 11th hour decision on brinksmanship that threatens uh, to shut down the government. We have strong disagreements, but we need to stop seeing each other as enemies. We need to talk to one another, listen to one another, work with one another. And we can do that. And the president says he plans to deliver a major speech soon on the importance of Ukraine in its war with Russia. This has been a valuable exercise for the United States of America to increase the support we have around the world. Now you have people on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, the president as well, saying that they're making this argument that it's overwhelmingly in the interest in the of the U.S. that Ukraine succeed. And that's the argument he'll make in this speech that's coming up. He hasn't given us the date yet. I'm going to be announcing very shortly a major speech I'm going to make on this issue and why it's critically important for the United States and our allies that we keep our commitment. Yeah, there's been a lot of push over this. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, he was out uh, talking about Ukraine yesterday as well uh, at Rice University. If Putin's allowed to get away with this. If he's allowed to act with impunity in Ukraine, then the message to would-be aggressors anywhere and everywhere is we can get away with it, too. Yeah, the pushback, of course, is the amount of money that's being given to Ukraine. It gets more involved in that. But that's the big number we see. And Antony Blinken says he realizes that, but he says that's the kind of money we have to spend. That's an invitation to a world of conflict. And we know from our history, that's usually a world that's not good for anyone. The principles at the heart of the international system are also being aggressed. And if we don't defend them... We're going to be opening a Pandora's box and we're going to get a world of hurt that won't be good for us. Yeah, and he says we're not alone in supporting Ukraine. He says 50 other countries are also assisting with the effort. That going on as this deepening migration crisis in Central Europe has prompted Slovakia's neighbors to impose border checks in a bid to stem the flow of illegal migrants. Uh, you think it's just happening here. It's this movement of migrants all over the world right now in Budapest. Pablo Guterres says the temporary measures by Austria, Poland and the Czech Republic will last for about 10 days. Slovakia has now reinstated border controls along its border with Hungary. Slovakia has become a transit point for illegal migrants wanting to get to Western Europe. Slovakia has witnessed a substantial rise in migrant numbers with 39,688 migrants registered from the beginning of the year until October 1st, 11 times more than the previous year. Pablo Gutierrez, Budapest. You know, it's amazing. We spent decades trying to convince people to stop smoking and it worked in a huge way. But guess what? More people are smoking again. The U.K., has proposed changing the minimum age to people who can buy cigarettes in England in order to stop more people from developing the habit. Uh, it's going up here to the numbers. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak claimed smoking costs the National Health Service $20 billion a year. Sunak claimed this plan, if voted through Parliament, would help make the country largely smoke-free by 2030. On the announcement, the share price of the UK's biggest seller of cigarettes fell 2.5%. But the UK's plan doesn't address disposable vapes, which campaigners say is a rising problem among children. The government plans to hold a consultation on how to decrease their use. Stuart Smith, London. WABC News Time 513, the White House. Canceling $9 billion in student loan debt for 125,000 borrowers. In total, my administration has canceled $127 billion 
in student debts for nearly 3.6 million Americans. So the president arguing that the relief is changing the lives of Americans, and he says in the end it'll be good for the economy. My administration has approved an additional $9 billion in relief for 125,000 borrowers. It means they can go and get their lives in order. They can think about buying a house. They can start a business. They can be starting a family. So the forgiveness applies to borrowers who have been on an income-driven repayment plan for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. The move comes just days after the federal student loan payments restarted after a three-year pause due to the uh, COVID pandemic. 514, former President Trump was back in a New York City courtroom yesterday for day three of his civil fraud trial, and he was speaking out again. Does it allow me a jury? Trump is accused by New York Attorney General Letitia James of inflating his net worth in order to get more favorable loans from banks. The former president maintained he's done nothing wrong. Former president, the leading candidate, I'm leading Joe Biden by a lot, which is probably why this is all happening. Not probably, but it's definitely. They're coordinating with Washington. 100%. Yesterday, or actually it was two days ago, the gag order uh, issued by the judge uh, for Donald Trump. Uh, Trump saying that's unconstitutional. And he says this whole trial, just another witch hunt against him. A thing like this has never happened before. And just simply, I put in financial statements with a disclaimer. In other words, don't even bother reading them to the banks. Yeah, we'll go out to the campaign trail in just a moment. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good, uh, oh, it's Friday Eve. Uh, happy Friday Eve. I had to think what day of the week it was. <laughs> you go, happy Friday Eve, uh, and good morning, Justin Ellen. Thank you, Noam. All late in the division round of the playoffs in the MLB is set as each wildcard series ended in a two-game sweep. With the Diamondbacks beating the Brewers last night, 5-2. Arizona will now play the L.A. Dodgers in the NLDS in Philadelphia. The Phillies beat the Marlins 7-1 last night and will take on the Atlanta Braves in a NL East-themed NLDS. In Tampa, the Rays couldn't protect their home field en route to ending their season, losing 7-1 in Game 2 to the Texas Rangers. Texas We'll move on to play the Baltimore Orioles in the ALDS. And finally, the Twins, uh, 2-0 victory at home over the Toronto Blue Jays, punched their ticket into the ALDS against the Houston Astros. All four division series are set to get underway on Saturday. Over to football now. Giants left tackle uh, Evan Neal finally apologized for some choice words he had for Giants fans who were booing the team after their poor performance on Monday night. Football against Seattle. Neal originally said in an interview with the NJ Advanced Media, quote, they were booing us, so I said boo ladder. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of sheep? The person that's comment. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, like when the fans so. to sheep, that's always going to yeah. end up well for you. Yeah, we're the reason you're out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He continued, Gnome, the person that's commenting on my performance. What does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere. Wow. Wow. How about that? That should be a fun next home game for him. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So after almost immediate backlash, obviously, he he rushed to apologize. So in a note posted to X last night, he stated, uh, quote, I'm wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am, maybe even more so, honestly. I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret 
the things I said. No, yeah. he doesn't. Exactly. Might be, a a might good be... publicist wrote that. Exactly. Yeah. One hundred. And he did the thing where you literally just take a screenshot of the notes app on your phone, right? <laughs> and then po- and then post it to social media. Like, do a video or something, man. Yeah, he was having dinner with Julius Randall, I think, the other. Night. <laughs> they were discussing how to get along with fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Breaking the bread. Exactly. How to become a New York villain. One hundred one. Staying on the gridiron here. We've already got Week Five action to look forward to tonight in the NFL. The Chicago Bears are in Washington, but heads with the Commanders kickoff set for 8.15 p.m. and the Commanders are currently six-point favorites at home. No, I'm Justin Ellick and that's sports on 77 WABC. Thank you very much. WABC Newstime 519. Let's go down to Florida. Florida Governor Presidential Candidate Ron DeSantis says he will fulfill the promise that Donald Trump made back in 2016 to build the wall and make Mexico pay for it. The thing is, there is a way to get Mexico to pay for it. It's imposing a fee on the remittances that people who come here who are not U.S. citizens, a lot of them working illegally, when they send money back, you impose that fee, you use that, you get billions of dollars from that. DeSantis says that despite running on the promise to have Mexico pay for a wall, Trump backtracked and said there was no viable way to make it happen. DeSantis says uh, he would make it happen. I will fulfill the promise that Donald Trump made in 2016 to build the wall while we have Mexico and other countries pay for it. There's a way to get it done. I've laid it out and we're going to make it happen. And he said that, well, you know, there was no basis to ever ask Mexico to do it. You can't just do it. There's no legal mechanism. It wasn't anything that was viable. So I will actually do that. 521, let's go over to New Jersey. Nurses and Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick set to return to the bargaining table. Boy, they've been on strike for a long time. A federal mediator will hold the session for the New Brunswick Hospital and its nurses. More than 1,700 nurses have been on the picket line for two months demanding better staffing ratios and better pay. The hospital said it looks forward to getting back to the table, adding it hopes to reach an agreement that prioritizes the well-being and livelihood of nurses as well as their families. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. The man accused of murdering rapper Tupac Shakur will now be arraigned later this month in Las Vegas. Clark County, Nevada District Attorney Steve Wolfson says Dwayne Keith D. Davis is left to blame as the only man still alive in the car that night when the shooting took place. It's been lingering for 27 years. But uh, I felt there was sufficient legally admissible evidence. Davis was expected to be arraigned Wednesday. The arraignment moved to October 19th. Authorities say Tupac was involved in a fight with Davis. This was outside a Mike Tyson fight back in 1996, which eventually led Davis to allegedly go get a gun that was used to kill Shakur at an intersection. After 27 years, Davis was arrested at his home in Henderson. That was last Friday. He's charged with murder and use of a deadly weapon. Dwayne Davis says prominent attorney Edie Fall, who's worked on other high-profile cases involving Snoop Dogg and Biggie Smalls, will represent him with no comment from Fall. And then you had uh, Tupac's brother. Uh, sharing his reaction after Davis was indicted for murder. We're now hearing from some of the family members. I mean, the feeling was, really? There was a wow? Uh, 27 years is a long time. Yeah, I can only imagine. So many years later, I'm sure they thought this crime would never be solved. 
the 2030 World Cup going to be played in six countries across three continents. Morocco, Spain, and Portugal will be the official co-host of the tournament. Meanwhile, FIFA awarded the three opening matches to Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay in honor of the 100th anniversary of the World Cup. Uruguay hosted the first ever World Cup in 1930, where it beat Argentina. I'm Trey Thomas. Last week, the Writers Guild finally made a deal with the studios when back to work you had the late night shows they came back on monday night and come next saturday saturday night live will return nbc's sketch show will start its 49th season on october 14th after the hollywood writers strike ended last week former cast member pete davidson will host the first show back and will be joined by musical guest ice spice bad bunny will pull double duty on october 21st when he will both host the show and be the musical guest I'm Brian Shook. I guess they don't see the members of SNL, and I'm just asking this question out loud. I do not know the answer to. Are they not considered actors? Because SAG-AFTRA actors are walking the picket line, and you would think these people who are members of the crew at Saturday Night Live would be considered actors, but I guess there's some way around it that they are able to work. Often known as the forgotten generation, problems faced by those in their 40s and 50s apparently can't be ignored, according to this new study. Regardless of race, gender, marital status, or income, Gen Xers are failing to meet their targets for retirement savings, according to a new report from the National Institute of Retirement Security. Experts say multiple financial struggles during their lifetime include wages not even remotely keeping up with inflation, the shift from employer-run pensions to employee-managed 401k savings plans, and the need to dip into those retirement plans due to multiple national economic crises. Data from 2012 analyzed by Pew Research shows millennials had higher 401k balances than Gen Xers at their same age. As well, CNBC reports 55% of Gen X parents are financially sacrificing their own well-being to help pay their children's bills, which was only only true for 44% of Gen Xers' baby boomer parents. I'm Rebecca Hughes. Yeah, none of that good. Let's go out to New Jersey. An investigation underway into the murder-suicide of a family in Plainsboro, New Jersey. It happened along Titus Lane in Plainsboro yesterday. Uh, police say they got a 911 call. This was about 5 o'clock yesterday, requesting a welfare check at a home on Titus Lane, Plainsboro police officers uh, opened the door to this house, found the bodies of four victims inside. Law enforcement sources telling us that an adult man is accused of killing his wife and two young children before killing himself. They're not saying a whole lot more, not identifying the family, but they say the investigation is ongoing. The uh, Farmingdale commuter, on a much happier note, on Long Island, holding a fundraiser last night after that September bus crash in Orange County that injured some high school band members and took the lives of their band leader and a former teacher. Farmingdale High School president Jed Herman says he was bowled over by how many people took part in this fundraiser last night. It's been tough, but um, this tragedy has brought out the best in humanity, and that's the truth. Uh, People from all over the country have stepped up. Yeah, many wore green T-shirts saying Dalers and Dalers Strong in support of the school's marching band. Uh, you had police officers, local firefighters taking part in the benefit that included an auction to raise some cash. I think in this case, the kids will be okay because they have each other. The Islanders, the Giants, the Yankees, they all pitched in. And the police unions, the commissioner, the Nassau County executive, were all making it one big pitch to help out these Farmingdale families. They went through a lot, and, and the kids went through a lot. 
So we're going to do the right thing here tonight, raise some money, put it back to the marching band, and they'll distribute it to the families as they feel fit. And the principal says, here's the good news, just one child is still in the hospital now. So many were, were after that violent bus crash two weeks ago. It's just us giving back to the community and just seeing how everyone can come together in such a time of need. It's a terrible loss to the community. I think there's going to be a lot of needs for kids and families, and some of those we don't know about yet. And so I think the money is a good thing. Yeah, nice job by everybody who attended that fundraiser last night. The uh, markets, they closed higher to end Wednesday. This comes as the Treasury yields came down from multi-year highs. It's also after the release of new jobs data that came in weaker than expected. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 127 points. S&P 500 rose 34. The Nasdaq gained 176 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine, just a beautiful day on the way. High 75. Tonight and overnight, though, the clouds roll in. Could see some rain. And then Friday, showers on and off throughout the day. High 71. If you're walking out the door with us right now, and so happy you are, 59 and clear in Hampton Bays out on Long Island, 52 and clear in Egg Harbor City down in New Jersey, And it is 62 and a little foggy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour over in New Jersey. A five-year-old deadly car crash is getting some new attention today because the driver is the now wife of Senator Bob Menendez, both who are facing these federal charges, alleging they took bribes. So this crash happened in December of 2018 before Nadine and Bob Menendez were married, but they were dating at this point. Nadine Menendez was driving her Mercedes-Benz in Bogota, New Jersey, when she hit and killed a man who was crossing the street. Now, there's police dash cam of the aftermath of this, and apparently... She sat in her car for a number of minutes, never getting out to see if this guy was okay. The dash cam interview, uh, 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 I should say video with the police officer. Uh, well, we have some of that. So here's what it sounded like when police arrived on the scene. Why was the guy in the middle of the anything wrong? He jumped on my windshield. Yeah, so right away she's saying she had done nothing wrong, and maybe she hadn't, uh, but saying that the man didn't see him as he was crossing the street. The crash killed 49-year-old Richard Coop, who was simply walking across the street towards the front door of his home after taking an Uber home from a local bar. Surveillance video shows the moment Menendez's vehicle hit Coop. Menendez denied any wrongdoing. When police arrived, she claimed she was innocent, but said no when police asked if they could examine her phone, which is a typical thing they do because they want to see if you were on your phone or texting at the time of the accident. Here's what that sounded like on the dash cam video. You do not want to give me your phone, correct? Yeah. Okay. That was a tragic accident. And uh, obviously, uh, we think of the family. I know you would like me to try my case in the press. I'll do it in court. 
Yeah, that was Senator Menendez yesterday responding to this video coming to light again. The federal indictment against the senator and his wife now shedding new light on the accident in the investigation there. In the indictment, it reads... On, it reads, on or about September 6th of 2019, Menendez met with an official at Menendez's state office in Newark in an attempt, through advice and pressure, to cause this investigation to just go away into his soon-to-be wife. And guess what? It did go away. In fact, uh, they let her walk away from the scene of the accident after hitting and killing somebody. Uh, so the person, um, the same surveillance video that shows Menendez's car hitting Coop shows her then sitting in that car for several minutes, never looking to see if the man was okay. He died at the scene. Uh, here is the family lawyer, Coop, uh, Richard Coop's the family lawyer. You can imagine how upset they are by seeing this video. And, um, well, here's the lawyer. She was barreling down the road, hit him, tossed him to the roadway, and then sat there in her car for a period of time. Yeah, so they lost their husband, family member. Uh, Coop's family did pursue a case with Nanine Menendez's insurance company because that was the only thing they had left they could do. And uh, they won that case. We made a, a claim against the defendant and her insurance company, and they agreed that she was completely at fault. And we got the maximum recovery that we were able to do for the estate. Yeah, so good for the family there. Menendez, who, of course, is facing that bribery indictment, says um, <laughs> he will announce when it comes time if he's going to seek reelection. So he's talking about it. He says uh, the only reason I guess he's not making the announcement earlier is there's a big race in New Jersey. All the seats are up for the Assembly and State Senate. And I guess he's worried that if he says he's running again, that could hurt some people who are in tight races between Republicans and Democrats. So he says he doesn't want to jeopardize any seat in New Jersey. Uh, so by making an announcement, which sure makes it sound like he's going to announce that he's going to run announce uh, run again, he says, when I make that decision on running, this is what he said yesterday, I will announce it. But he says, and then he said again, I will announce it only when it is the right time. Okay crazy. WABC News Time 539. A bus driver in school bus driver in Smithtown, Long Island, off the job following allegations they were drinking booze while driving students home. It was confirmed, apparently, that an alcoholic beverage was on board and the driver was promptly taken from the bus and a different driver completed the route yesterday. Uh, some parents responding. That is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I hope hope that never happens again. So according to the superintendent of schools there, the bus driver will no longer transport any Smithtown students, regardless of the outcome of their investigation. Oh, well, hope he learned his lesson. Yeah, you may have. The bus operated by We Transport. Thankfully, nobody on the bus had been hurt, and apparently this driver had not been in any accidents. Let's bring it back here into the city. New York City major crimes continue to drop. That, according to Police Commissioner Ed, uh, uh, Eddie Caban, who says the third quarter of the year resulted in a 23% drop in murders, an 8% decline in robberies, and an 18% plunge in burglaries. As we look back on this past summer and the first three quarters of the year, New York City is seeing a significant, sustained reduction in violent crime. And Commissioner Caban saying for the summer months, there was a 50% reduction in the number of shootings compared to last summer. A crime on the transit system went down 8%. Since 2022, for those summer months across the whole city, we've seen over a 50% shooting reduction, both with the victims 
and the incidents. Yeah, so we like to see those numbers go down. We will also continue to take back our transit system with index crime in the subways falling another 8.4% in the third quarter and 5% year-to-date. Mayor Adams is down in uh, Colombia, Mexico, Ecuador, on this trip to try to convince the migrants who want to come to New York not to come here and to try to work out deals so migrants don't keep crossing the border. Uh, New Yorkers back here don't know what to make of this trip. The mayor says he's paying for it by himself. It's out of his own pocket and that it's not on the taxpayer's dime. But he calls it this three-day fact-finding mission. Yesterday was day one. He wanted to see what was going on directly at the border and then meet with leaders in Mexico City and Colombia and Ecuador. But New Yorkers don't think it's going to make a lick of a difference. What is he going to benefit by going over there, telling people to stop coming? they got to keep coming. He has to stop it. He got to do native New Yorkers and natives, natives of America first, but he's doing the right thing. Yeah, so we've seen just over the last couple of weeks that the numbers are slowing just a little bit uh, in terms of those buses that are coming from the U.S.-Mexico border here to New York. There are people, by the way, and a fair amount of them, who say they're okay with those migrants coming here, and uh, here's what they had to say. Absolutely the wrong thing for the mayor to do. We need to make room for these folks. They're going to keep coming from Mexico, from everywhere. I'm not patting them in the back. Yeah, okay, have a nice time. So what is it, about 130,000 migrants have come over the last year. Governor Hochul says New York is actually feeling the impact of this nationwide United Auto Workers strike. Uh, She joined workers on the picket line in Rockland County, calling on Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis to offer fair contracts to those workers. They want good wages. They want benefits. They want respect. And I encourage the leaders of the auto companies to get stay at the table, get back to the table, and roll up their sleeves and get the job done. Yeah, each day the strike goes on, the uh, auto companies are laying off more people. Uh, Ford General Motors uh, laying off around 500 employees as these negotiations continue. And a study from um, Anderson Economic Group found the U.S. economy has lost about $4 billion since the start of the strike, which is just a couple of weeks ago. The FDNY uh, dedicating a plaque to honor late EMS Captain Allison Russo. This is the woman, you'll remember this story. She was stabbed by this crazed person in an unprovoked attack right outside the Queen's Firehouse back in 2022. Captain Russo lived a remarkable life of service. And she was very simply the very best of our best. FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh there presiding over this plaque dedication ceremony before renaming a stretch of 42nd Street in Queens, uh, Allison, uh, in Queens, Allison Russo Way. Several FDNY officials spoke at this ceremony. As we unveil her plaque and rename this street, her legacy will forever be etched into the hearts and minds of the members she served with. Yeah, and some of and her, our fe- entire Oops. department. Some of her fellow EMTs, firefighters who knew her well, took part in this ceremony yesterday. She spent 90% of her day thinking about other people. She looked out instead of looking in on a consistent basis. That's how you make a world better. Yeah, what a tragic way to go. 544, the uh, man accused of kidnapping a nine-year-old girl upstate New York this week and holding her for ransom, going to be due back in court later this month. The Schenectady fire chief says he was one of the hundreds who helped look for Charlotte Cena when she went missing from Moreau Lake State Park on Saturday evening. Everybody was concerned. Everybody was upset. The range of emotions were, you know, tremendous, to shock, to anger. 
Boy, you can't say enough about what the police did in this case in terms of finding this guy so quickly, right? It was Saturday evening that he allegedly kidnapped Charlotte, took her in his camper and back to his mother's home. And it was Monday that they caught up with him. Now, he gave himself away by handing over a ransom note and putting it in the family's mailbox in the middle of the night. And then they used fingerprints from that ransom note to put it into their database. And luckily, this creep had been uh, caught drunk driving like 20 years ago. So he was in the system. They were able to match the prints and then go find him very quickly. And thank God Charlotte's okay. And you can imagine everybody who was part of this search team, those police officers, the people who are walking in the woods, just elated that she's okay. The outcome was great. And everybody's elated today. Yeah. So uh, I imagine Craig Ross Jr., the man who allegedly tried to kidnap Charlotte, will go away for a long time. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Mulladen. The division rounds of the MLB playoffs are set as each wildcard series ended in a two-game sweep with the Diamondbacks beating the Brewers last night 5-2. to two. Arizona will now play the L.A. Dodgers in the NLDS in Philadelphia. The Phillies beat the Marlins 7-1 last night and will take on the Atlanta Braves in a NL East-themed NLDS. In Tampa... The Rays couldn't protect their home field. Nobody was there to watch it anyway. And route to ending their season, losing 7-1 in Game 2 to the Texas Rangers. Texas will move on to play the Baltimore Orioles in the ALDS. And finally, the Twins. What's the deal? Are they just no, not baseball fans in uh, Florida? Well, actually, I came up with this theory yesterday. And a lot of people that live in Florida aren't originally from Florida. That's so, true. You know, they're they're rooting for their kind of their their hometown teams, and they live or retire to Florida, and that's where they live now. But they're not from Florida, hmm. you know. So I mean, uh, how many people do you know that are from Tampa Bay? Probably not a lot. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. And that's probably why the new stadium that they got approved is a maximum capacity of thirty thousand people. Wow, that's God. That's small. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. The so, uh, I think the Red Bull Stadium is that big in out in Harrison, New Jersey. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe even bigger. But uh, finally, no, the Twins, 2-0 victory at home over the Toronto Blue Jays, punched their ticket into the ALDS against the Houston Astros. All four division series are set to get underway on Saturday. Over to football here, Giants left tackle Evan Neal finally apologized for some choice words he had for Giants fans who were booing the team after their poor performance, poor performance I should say, on Monday Night Football against Seattle. Neal originally said in an interview with NJ Advance Media, quote, they were booing us, so I said, boo louder. Why would a lion concern himself? With the opinion of a sheep, the person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? With hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? So some uh, some heated comments there from Neil after almost immediate backlash, too, from the media. In a note posted to X last night, Neil stated, quote, I am wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things that I said. Well, yeah, he should. And uh, hopefully that apology was sincere, though. We do have our doubts. Staying on the gridiron, we've got already uh, week five action to look forward to tonight in the NFL. That was quick with the Chicago Bears and Washington Buttheads with the Commanders kickoff set for 8-15. And the Commanders are currently six-point favorites at home. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
Let's catch you up on some of the bigger stories of the morning. Busloads of migrants continue arriving uh, here in the city as Mayor Adams is uh, traveling through South and Central America in hopes of stemming the flow. Deputy Mayor Ann Williams-Isom says the number of migrants in New York City's care has started to level out recently. But if we continue to get more and more through the front door, we can't even really see our exit strategies bear fruit because we're getting sort of the amount of people that are coming through the front door. So it comes as the city receives about $38 million state funding that'll go towards opening satellite centers to help people apply for asylum. Meantime, the Adams administration is continuing its pursuit for a judge to temporarily suspend New York City's right to shelter law for single adults. I don't I can't speak to a legal endgame. What I can speak to very forcefully is the desire to get immediate relief to meet what is just common sense and that will put New York City on equal footing with the rest of the state. Yeah, she continues to say it's just overwhelming. And what we're finding is if we can get people their IDs, if we can get people reticketed, they actually would rather move on than live in a congregate setting. Many of the families, again, it's not a panacea to raise your child in a hotel room. Awful night for the cops in Philadelphia. Three officers shot. After a man uh, was fighting with his kid and his brother at a home in Philadelphia, it was a domestic situation. Police show up and it does get ugly sometimes in these domestic situations, unfortunately, really violent as well. Shots were fired. Uh, The man who shot at police officers is dead. The three officers who were hit by bullets rushed to the hospital. Subject. Uh, goes to the front of the property and is essentially awaiting the arrival of our police officers. Uh, When officers arrive, um, he begins to immediately fire upon our officers. So the small piece of good news we have as of 551 this morning is all three of those deputies hospitalized are in stable to condition and they are expected to survive. The uh, top Republican in the Senate giving some advice to the next Speaker of the House, whoever that may be. Kentucky Republican Mitch McConnell says the next Speaker should do away with that motion to vacate the procedure that led to the removal of Kevin McCarthy from his role this week. To do that job for anyone, you have to get rid of the motion to vacate because... It puts whoever the speaker is in uh, a hammerlock of dysfunction. Yeah, and he's making the argument that it makes the jobs essentially impossible for almost anyone, especially when you have a narrow majority like Republicans do. You can oust someone relatively easily. I hope whoever the next speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the speaker's job Impossible. Yes, he was giving a lot of praise to Kevin McCarthy, thought that he was doing a great job and did not deserve to lose that gig. Congressman McCarthy didn't shy away from worthwhile fights. In fact, he usually dove in headfirst. All right, later today, out in San Francisco, the late Senator Dianne Feinstein going to be remembered. Uh, Feinstein's body has been lying in state at San Francisco, uh, San Francisco City Hall, where members of the public are able to pay their respects. One of them was uh, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi, who was a longtime friend, got choked up as she paid her respects yesterday. Gathered in great sadness, though, with the loss 
about Senator Dianne Feinstein. Yeah, the line's long outside to uh, walk by her casket. Of course, she was first female mayor of San Francisco. My condolences to her family, and I just said that like she was an inspiration for women, and she's an asset for our government and for San Francisco that would be greatly missed. San Francisco Mayor London Breed says the city's going to host this open-air funeral a little bit later today. There will be a fitting celebration of her life. We anticipate the Vice President Kamala Harris, our current California senators, and other guests that will be joining us. Yeah, and she says mourners are welcome. We gather this week in San Francisco Fleet Week. We do so for the first time with the mournful recognition that one of its founders, U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, is no longer with us. That funeral is going to be held 1 o'clock today. Let's bring it back home. The MTA could be building a crosstown Manhattan subway. MTA Chairman Jano Lieber says the extension project along the 2nd Avenue subway comes with a huge price tag, $7.5 billion. But he says nothing set in stone. We're getting this on the table so that the discussion can begin about how much can we fund in light of the need? So the MTA has already received federal funding to extend the line past 96th Street into East Harlem, but now there's a new proposal to have the Q train run east to west. I think that's a great idea, make it more accessible for riders and people, so that'd be great. Yeah, but uh, that price tag awfully large. A 84-year-old Ulster County widow trying to recoup More than a million dollars she lost in an alleged international scheme. Annette Maines, she was talking to News 12. She's a retired New York State employee. And she told News 12 about this ordeal where uh, the scammers uh, started calling and texting her that she owed money through a Chase Bank account. They claimed to be from Chase Fraud Services and slowly they drained this woman's accounts, $30,000 at a time. And uh, you can imagine she had amassed this savings, not a wealthy woman, but had amassed this savings, a nest egg to take care of her late into life. And so much of it is gone, more than a million bucks of it. They asked for me to take money out of accounts. At one point, what they called their agent came to pick up money and items that had been purchased. Yeah, unfortunately, you hear about these stories more and more often. And unfortunately, senior citizens seem to be the prey of these guys. And def- the fact that they got more than a million bucks, uh, money that she wanted to leave for her son. Uh, and she says she shot, you know, she just said, I'm a smart woman. I can't believe I fell for this, but she did. What made you want to comply with what they were saying? It just sounded to me believable. I was told not to tell. I followed the directions. Yeah, so $1.7 million in all of her life savings. Uh, she showed News 12 these documents of cashed-out stocks, of five-figure withdrawals, hefty check deposits she made to others' accounts that she was instructed to do. Her son lives nearby in Westport. I mean, he obviously did not know what was going on. Says the scammers got a hold of his mother's credit card information, too, and racked up all kinds of charges for designer clothes and other pricey items purchased from Panama, Jamaica, and Mexico. About $100,000 in credit cards and then adding on 
taxes. Very, very upsetting. Why didn't I recognize it? Yeah, well, you're not alone. So Annette Maines, here's the part that just is a killer, and you would think the IRS, the state, could do something about this. Annette Maines now says on top of losing all that money, she'll have to pay $60,000 in state capital gain taxes this year for the stock she cashed out for the fraudsters. Now, you would think, come on. Let this woman go. I mean, and I'm really hold her those $60,000 after she was scammed out of a million. Hopefully someone's listening and they won't hold her to that money.